0: Awesome. All right. After Shocks, Tremors, Matt and Chris, we're back with you guys for another episode. This is a discussion episode again. We love talking all things music industry and doing these episodes and enjoying hearing different perspectives from players themselves who know a thing about, you know, think or two about the modern day business. And tonight we're joined by a couple of guests who know a thing or two about how insane this business really is. First up, we got fellow CMS Network compadre. Who also fronts technical death metal heavyweights madrost. And of course, he's the host of his own show on the network, Poppets Corner, Mr. Tanner Poppets with us. What's up, Tanner?
1: Gentlemen, how are we doing? Thanks for having me.
0: Sure, man. Thanks sure. for coming on, man. And our very special guest tonight's a friendly face, a name you've seen and heard before and after Shocks TV and Poppets Corner. And he's also the lead guitarist for one of our favorite bands on the network from the almighty Void Vader. We've got Mr. Eric Kluber with us. Eric, what's up, bro? Thanks for coming on, man. How are you? Hey, Matt, doing great. All right. Awesome, guys. And, of course, Chris, as everyone knows, is right there on the top right. What's up, Chris? (laughs) Hi. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, shit, guys. I mean, once again, you know, there's some major news in the world of independent music, which, in my opinion, is not really good news. Um, You know, I, I guess it's easy to be pessimistic because of what we've seen over the last couple of decades in regards to independent music and how it pretty much continues to get squeezed for everything it has by the big tech bastards, but uh, this to me is just another major red flag, man. I mean, Bandcamp, which is pretty much I think the one in, you know one entity that really has supported independent artists more than anyone over the last decade, in my opinion. Recently, you know, they were bought out by Epic Games, and Epic Games, if people don't know who they are, that's their flagship product is the super popular video game Fortnite so once again here comes big tech sinking its teeth into one remaining bastion of hope for independent music (laughs) and so we're gonna you know in this episode we're gonna talk a bit about this you know big tech conglomerate taking over the most respected music platform for independent artists but just to preface a, a second here i mean we all know obviously music's always been integrated into other industries and their business models obviously sports is just one example and Obviously, now more than ever it is, it's ingrained into these models. But essentially, that word independent, when it comes to music, I think is becoming anything but that. It's essentially basically a word now to sort of lure in potential customers to kind of consume other products that simply are not independent. You know, Epic Games, they've said that Bandcamp's going to be allowed to operate the way it always has. But, I mean, does anyone really believe that a modern-day tech company is going to allow it to happen? I don't give a shit what they're saying. You know what I mean? So... Now, Eric and Tanner, I mean, Bandcamp, I know it's a major platform for both of you guys and your bands, so I want to get your guys' hypothesis on this. Eric, we'll start with you and Voidvirt. I mean, you guys, to me, you're one of the best, you know, newer bands out there in terms of, you know, how you connect with your fans. You're obviously very engaged in your fan base. You guys are cool, really down-to-earth, humble guys, and you just really know how to connect to your audience that a lot of other bands don't know how to do. And Bandcamp, obviously, is where you guys, you know, direct usually your fans to go when you've got new products and merch available. Um, so, I mean, so for you, Eric, I mean, let's get your take on Bandcamp being bought out by Epic Games. I mean, how concerned is Void Vader as a band being that, you know, it is such an essential part of the band's, you know, model and success to have Bandcamp that now we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, it, it, not for nothing, but every time usually these big tech companies get their hands on these, you know, uh, other businesses, they pretty much chew them out and spit them out and they're done. So what's your, your take on all this?
2: Well, Bandcamp runs a lot still as a platform for someone to have trust in to buy someone's music. And a lot of the work is still done by the bands, like the bands get the order. It's not fulfilled by Bandcamp themselves. Mm -hmm. I hope I don't ruin your opinion of me, but I'm not too concerned about it. Okay. I, I think that. There's a potential with Epic having a huge budget that maybe they can somehow expand the platform or try some new things where if Bandcamp is purely uh, indie and just running with a small budget, you know, then they're not going to be taking very many risks. Um, What could they really do to fuck it up? I guess maybe uh, just charging more of a percentage could be could be a potential issue for bands. That's just like our bottom line. Um, I use eBay a lot, and you know they take a good chunk. They take more than Bandcamp does, um, but that is a big corporate thing. Which, which um, you know, I have a lot of friends who use that and make a living off of it. I think that there is a potential for this Epic Games being a gaming company. Now, Fortnite doesn't sound very metal. I wish they had <laughs> Destiny or Call of Duty or something like that. But um, there's a potential that maybe this could be some sort of bridge for uh, some independent bands to get noticed, um, have some sort of, get some sort of break. Um, sometimes these companies just try things out and, and if they don't do well, so like they might have a budget for a, a program and then they try it out and it doesn't work. You know, they're willing to to try those risks to see if one of these ideas do make them money. So I'm not too concerned about it.
0: Okay. Fair enough. Now, Tanner, Madras, you know, you guys obviously you're you're more of a local band. So for you guys, I mean, you guys obviously tour as well, but maybe not as extensively as Eric and Void Vader. So for you, I think, though, it's probably even more of a concern because you obviously don't have the option to go out and sell merch and generate revenue when you're you know, when you're not touring as much. So really the main way I know you get a return on your investment and, and through, you know, selling your vinyl records is through Bandcamp. So what's your thoughts on it being bought out by Epic Games from Madras situation? Is it similar to what Eric's saying?
1: Well, in, in all honesty, I don't... You have to kind of bring me up to speed as far as this goes just because I don't know the whole situation as to why they were bought out in the first place. Sure. Is it because... Did Bandcamp lose a bunch of money because of how it helped the bands out? Do we know any of this? I've just... I don't know that nope. aspect. I can't really... <laughs> can't Can't really judge it too much just off that. But... You know how how Ross really flourishes uh, to me it is through the label has having that the new life to model records thing I know it's like you know self uh what is it uh promotion right there but in all honesty, I think having an outside hub to even bandcamp is really important, so I haven't really relied on bandcamp like a lot of us bands have. It's cool that people support that, but a lot of, I send more people to the label, so the label really sells more of our our stuff, and then in turn, I get more stuff out of it, so, um, and then, you know, obviously, how we reach our fans, yeah, there's some heads that buy through Bandcamp, there's some heads that buy through the Amazon and eBay, like, like Eric said, as well, but, you know, it's almost like, I, I almost look at it as, like, what WWE is, I guess, now, is, like, buying up all these small, independent um, corporations, I always equivalent the wrestling industry to what the music industry can kind of learn from, is, like, obviously you know, uh, giving more of a platform to independent artists and Bandcamp certainly has, has done that. But as far as I, I'm not really concerned as, as much as you would, you would think, I just don't see the ramifications of this, uh, this buyout. So maybe again, you can, guys can inform me cause I just, I'm claiming ignorance on this, this case. So
3: Well, it it seems fairly simple to me. They bought it because there's a ton of fucking people going to it. It's that simple. It's Mm -hmm. gaming company wants more, more eyes that they can reach and what they will do. I'm not even going to speculate. I'm going to say as, as a fact, even though I have exactly zero knowledge of it, but what they're going to do is use Bandcamp to pimp their product. That is what they're going to do, you know, and, and fair enough. I mean, it's their product now they can do that. I am curious for, from the band perspective at this point, 2022, why Bandcamp is important. What is it? Is it just because it's a hub that so many people go to? I mean, I, I don't like either one of your bands, as an example, I don't personally understand in this day and age, other than the fact that there's a lot of eyes on it, why you wouldn't just put up a shopify store sell mp3s sell sell physical copies and do it yourself is it solely the exposure that you would get because there's 10,000 bands that are on it or is it just fear of the technology
2: or what what is it that stops you guys from doing i'll let eric why don't you go ahead okay um it is exactly that it's an established platform that everyone trusts and so it has a a positive buzz about it so people music fans like to go there Um, they do have their own collections it has its own culture and now you brought up shopify and we're moving towards shopify because quite honestly we're finding just the diy process of uh we don't have enough time to mail orders and keep on track of it do the inventory we want it to be a lot more self automated Mm-hmm. And if that cost us more, we'd be will, um, on the bottom line. we'd be willing to do that because we don't have the time to fulfill these things and, and pay attention to it as much as we'd like. But mm-hmm. your to answer your question once again, it's because of the established brand that is Bandcamp that people enjoy and trust and and they go to.
1: See I think it, it it's it's a lot like Spotify. It's a lot like why bands put themselves on Spotify is to try and be discovered by new people. And I think Bandcamp it, to go off of Eric's point, people trust it. So people are gonna go on there and try and discover new type of bands, right? So I'm assuming we've had a lot more, and I can probably speak for Eric on this, is both of us have probably had a lot more new fans discover us through Bandcamp. And so that's probably the primary reason to be on it, is to at least show our presence. On this particular platform, just like a Spotify, even though you know everybody bitches at it and whatnot, and I've you know I've been very I've been vocal on it as well. But in the end, it's a hub that you can potentially get discovered on, and it doesn't really cost us anything to be on it. to To be honest with you, I mean, you could put up your MP3s, and I think you can give people the option of you know listening to it three times before they have to buy something or whatever. But to me. I'm primarily using it as like promotion. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. No, well, I was going
0: to say, I'll, I'll throw some some facts out there about Bandcamp. I mean, for one, Bandcamp it pays ninety percent of music revenues to artists, if, if that if what I I've researched is correct. And obviously, that's a major difference from any streaming platform, Spotify, whatever. No other platform close close to paying what Bandcamp does to artists. It also helps. Artists take advantage, really, of the vinyl album revival. Let's be honest. I mean, I don't don't know if you guys can probably talk about how you guys sell in terms of vinyl, but that's still growing. You know, vinyl's still growing. It's continued to be the biggest selling format. I mean, even though CDs have have grown this year for the first time in a while. So, I mean, the hit financially, I think, can't be understated if the ship gets steered in a different direction under Epic Games. And also, spot, I mean, uh, Bandcamp provides, you know, it provides album info, graphics. Links to other sites, that's stuff you're not going to get on Spotify. And that's something I know, Chris, that you talked about. I know one of our other discussion episodes in regards to why the overall musical experience has been devalued because the streaming platforms, they just don't provide the experience for music mm-hmm. listeners. Yeah. And then overall, I mean, Bandcamp to me appears it actually gives a shit about musicians. And more importantly, I think it empowers the musician. What other platform or entity out there actually empowers musicians to sort of take control of, of their, you know, model their business? I, I can't think of any not well,
1: now yeah
0: yeah no, know exactly
1: yeah
2: well, well one thing about it they spent a lot of time and effort making a functional platform and that's mm-hmm. why it rose to the top and so i'd say they're they're number one for for diy bands and not just diy bands i feel like a lot of sign bands also have a Bandcamp platform so it's it mm-hmm. did some great work and uh you know it looks like perhaps they're they're at the stage where they're willing to pass the baton to the next the, oh. the next level and that's that's the big money level i mean it's they they built a brand that's like sought after and recognized
1: sure i'm wondering i'm wondering why they sold it out so quick cuz if well, they're building a... For a while. how many years is it supposed to be around <laughs> well dude, i don't know True. i mean may, yeah maybe they just didn't want the control of it uh, anymore so maybe that's part of selling it to somebody bigger as well
3: well and, 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 dude it might go the other way too the, the offer might've come in bigger than they ever expected to get. And mm. they might've taken it before the music business had a chance to take a further shit and, you know, and go from, I don't know what it sold for, but let's say a hundred million to 50 million, sure. you know, they, they, they may have, they may have been like, holy shit. This thing that we built for fun is, is really gonna retire us and our kids.
2: Yeah. And, I remember the dot coms that didn't, didn't, they just had a name and they sold them for millions of dollars back in the nineties, just by having a, generic name.com mm-hmm.
3: uh, how about MySpace. myspace what sure. myspace had every every single one of us had a myspace page yeah. and myspace sold for like two million dollars or something which was crazy when you think that it had a billion users at one point so you you kind of have to jump in when it's hot I did want to piggyback off what Eric was saying about um, band camps um, infrastructure and I agree with you I think even of the big tech, Bandcamp's infrastructure is probably the best of the bunch. Even their app alone is better than Spotify, better than YouTube music, better than, uh, Apple or Amazon. I've used them all. Lord knows I am the king of paying people for music, but, um, Bandcamp. And and I'll be honest, I got into Bandcamp to listen to one band, which is the way I think most people get into it. I wanted to listen to what's on your shirt, Eric. I wanted to listen to the haunt records. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and the only place I could hear him was Bandcamp, so I put the, I put the app on my phone, and I was like, "Man, this is fucking easy." You know, it was like, yeah. "Wow, I can hear everything this guy's done," just a cl- couple of clicks, and it was easy. So then I started investigating, and I found other bands that I liked. Then I found some. A lot of the stoner bands are on Bandcamp, so I was yeah. like, "Okay, I can yeah, all of them." Yeah, yeah. And that, that's what yeah. I mean. It, it's it became a nice niche platform for me where i didn't have to be weeding through all the bullshit to get to the stuff that i actually like i wanted stuff that wasn't played to death that sounded good and i know that's that sounds like it's a fairly simple request Never. but it's it's not a request you can get on spotify or amazon or youtube or whatever you know uh, matt and i talk about this all the time on the show about how doesn't matter what you listen to on one of the major tech platforms if you just let it scroll before long you're hearing over the mountain by Ozzy or um you know war pigs
2: for them man Yeah. Yeah. yeah
3: yeah but but you know never do they feed me a Void Vader tune or a Madras tune and it doesn't matter what I'm listening to I mean I listen to some really obscure bullshit. I'll just tell you flat out I do and I never you know it pisses me off more than anything when i'm listening to void vader and then i get fed round and round it's like Mm. dude stop it that's not what i'm (laughs) listening to
2: right not even close (laughs) algorithm gods yeah i'd love to know the true science behind that or if there's any uh Mm. uh, twinkling by human hands as well
3: dude the the true science is simple cash that's the twinkling that's the twink you know round and round which is familiar people won't turn off uh rare obscure band they will turn off and they Actually, need to get yeah, the play no, to get their I'll, I'll,
2: I'll money it off, I'll turn it right off.
3: <laughs> yeah but but we're the minority in the in the spotify world
2: <laughs> hey one one quick thing um i did think of that could go wrong and and has a habit of is if you get a big corporate and i, and I don't know that much about epic games and i don't know much about Bandcamp's politics because they never pushed them that i'm aware of you know maybe mm. I, is, is if that good old cancel culture starts coming in there and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. the band says something wrong or is, is not on the right side of things, that would be un- really unfortunate. So yeah. that, I guess that would be, a, you know, if you're like, what could go wrong? That would be a concern that's that's pretty realistic.
0: Exactly. Well, yeah, that, that's the thing. Let's take a look at some of the other large tech companies that control the music business, <laughs> Google Apple. Yeah, Yeah, YouTube, YouTube. exactly. Google Apple, right? So the main issue of concern is that they have higher priorities than music. And when you're a sister company, because that's basically what Bandcamp is is now to Epic Games is just a sister company. When you're a sister company to a parent one, you're totally disposable since it's just an extra way for these businesses to generate revenue. I mean, like you said, what does YouTube do? They give away music for free in order to sell advertising. So Mm -hmm. music to them is completely disposable. Even Spotify now, right? They're heavily invested in podcasting music might not be number one for long for Spotify if they keep going and trying to keep getting it, you know, all the Joe Rogans and all the podcasts. So that itself shows that there are, you know, there's bigger priorities than that of helping music artists, you know, achieve success. Music is used by these companies, as we all know, and as you alluded to before, Chris, to sell other products or services, right? They're not expecting to make a lot of money. I don't think Epic Games is going to sit there and think, you know, we're going to make a shitload of money from Bandcamp because all they're probably like doing it and using it for is to use it, for, use the music to sell other related products and services that will earn them more than they would for music. So essentially, I mean, music simply for them. I mean, it's, it's, it's just a, an extra little entity or a commodity. It's not even really something. I think they're going to put all their, you know, uh, eggs into a basket and say, let's try to really blow bank. But I think it's just sort of a, let's buy this thing. If we can use it to sell other, you know, products or services, let's do it because that's what music kind of, unfortunately has become these days. It's, it's not, you know, it's not, there is the main you know um, you know I guess e- entity for you know a, a consumer it's just used for you know it's just used to, to sell their products and services so that's my concern with this It's just because of the history of what big tech companies have traditionally done to to music
1: so let me let me branch off of this real quick because I think there's two scenarios what's going to probably happen now with bandcamp it's going to do what Myspace did remember when it got Sold to what? Who was Justin Timberlake? I think bought it or something yeah. like that. Well, yeah, he kind of he kind of tried to rescue it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but it turned to shit. Of course, it, it real, was already <laughs> real show. quick, real yeah. quick. So it, that's one scenario. Or the other one is it's going to go what this this fuck book thing has become in in censorship and become so massive, and then it's going it to probably quickly die in a flame and good move on to something else like like that platform is slowly becoming. So that's mm. the only scenarios I could probably see. Bandcamp going nowadays, and hopefully something sprouts up to replace that.
2: Oh, that's a, that's a little bit. Well, that's two negative scenarios
0: though. <laughs> 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 it work out. Like you can have a positive in there. Yeah.
2: I like to think that you know, back in the day when Apple computers, um, you remember the US Festival with Molly Crew and Van Halen? Yeah, sure. And, and that was just like, yeah. like a wild idea by one of their guys, Steve somebody, I believe. And yeah. And, and that was really cool. And I do like the idea, um, kind of playing angels advocate, if you will, that, that maybe someone has a positive interest in music and and feels like this is, this is the hot platform. I can take this to a place where it can't go on its own and we can do something here. So, Hey man, maybe.
1: Well, when corporate money's thrown in there, everything turns to shit. So that's what I'm saying not always
3: not always you know i mean
1: there there definitely are times that corporate
3: money a lot of times that corporate money i don't think it's corporate money i think it's corporate attitude and that's really there's a difference i mean you can have a lot of money and not have corporate attitude and and do productive work and you know the one thing that i think is probably going to happen and i'm guessing i again have no knowledge but i think what you're going to see is kind of what you've seen in the social media world where you're going to find a lot of different things that are going to spring up. There's already things that are alternatives to Bandcamp that are out there. People just don't know about them because they have less money than Bandcamp. Mm. Things like Songcast. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Songcast at all, but Songcast is a is a company very much like Bandcamp except they also do live radio shows too. So You can have the the combination of putting your music on it as well as having your music featured by like-minded independent DJs that want to spin independent music. So, you know, there, there, there's that kind of a platform as well. I I mean, I I think the big thing is, is the fear factor that we're looking at right now is Mm -hmm. this thing could go to shit in a hurry. It could, it could go. Well, I I love the idea. Like Eric said at the beginning of this about, you know, wouldn't it be great if the next fortnight, um, patch or whatever they call those things now, um, update, if they just reached into 15 bands and put them in as, you know, you've hit a bonus when you're building your wall or whatever. And because you built your wall the right way you get, you know, $10 worth of this band's music or something, or, you know something like that that could be incentivized for the gaming world you guys have played these games you know you play gta you know oh, yeah, every time yeah. you get in a car you could turn on a radio well yeah. there's something playing awesome. on it
2: that was awesome
3: yeah i mean what's to say it couldn't be the band camp music instead of you know big tap big name
2: bands it could be yeah. i mean the idea that tapping into the independent music that is in it's not really, hasn't been used. Everyone's still using mm-hmm. a lot of the legacy acts, bands, music, still in movies to this day, Sure, and if they could have a gateway, a funnel right into the best of the best and, and use it. That'd be potentially great for everybody.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and right yeah. now too, the other, the other really valuable kind of unprecedented thing right now is that there are bands that are out there proving that you don't need the machine anymore. Bands like Dirty Honey, you know, we always refer to them because they're the big one that, you know, they're a big band that is not signed. And, you know, Matt and I talked to Mark from the band, I don't know, six months ago or whatever it was, and they have no intention of signing with anybody corporate because they like doing it the way they're doing it. And they're still gaining popularity. Bandcamp, it is to their absolute advantage to break a band like that. It would be to their absolute advantage to grab a void Vader, to grab a Madras, to grab a, uh, I don't know, haunt and have them be become, have them have a hit in a game and all of a sudden they're out on tour on the band camp tour on the Epic games tour, it would be nothing but promotionally good for them to have that. So there could be could be ways to make this thing work you know there also could be okay we're closing down the platform unless you guys pay 500 dollars an album just a list you know and and we've seen that happen too I, I i honestly think though that in the end i don't think it's going to be quite the disaster as maybe people are thinking just because the market itself is not going to allow them to completely fuck you guys you know I mean let I mean let's just be honest yeah I don't know what it costs to upload your band to Bandcamp I'm assuming it doesn't but okay but I know this if you really wanted your band on every other platform Spotify and Google and YouTube and everything it's $29 it's $29 to pay an aggregator so is that really fucking you over if if Bandcamp says well we're going to charge this then you just go to Spotify and you go to the bigger platform
2: Well, and and Madrast and Wood Vader, and and I think just about every other band is on all of them already. Sure. (laughs) Right?
1: I'm wondering, too, I want to hypothetically go off of Chris's point and just ask this. I'm assuming they would update their terms and services and whatnot, and and we would have to obviously give them the rights, quote-unquote, to to put us in their games and whatnot. I don't know the legalities to that, but that sounds like a cool idea. Yeah. Yeah, But they would. They would. They have yeah. to update their terms and services. And I'm assuming if, if you wanted to opt out, you just opt out. If, you know, I
3: would bet you. anything they would present it like a contest. Guess what, Band A? You've been selected uh, to be in our new
2: thing. Another online contest. For you. <laughs> so, <laughs> get all your fans to vote once a day. Right. Oh, no, no, mm. no.
0: <laughs> well, well, I mean, I, I love your guys' optimism, but I am not sharing <laughs> it. Okay. I mean, I love
2: the East Coast. The East just come. Uh, it's no,
0: called <laughs> it's called history, it's called what yeah. we've seen in the past. I mean, let's just look at how little, for instance, even Spotify and any other streaming platform that they've invested in improving their platforms, right? Sp- Spotify hasn't, neither is has Apple. I mean, the the main to me, the main decision makers in music today, they also don't they no longer have the same, you know, goals and ambitions as musicians and the fans. I mean, they're not on the same page that's why I think uh, losing a Bandcamp to a tech company like Epic, I think it hurts because, like I said, in the past, the ambitions of the artists and businesses and the fans were pretty much aligned with each other. You know, in the case with Epic Games, like I was saying before, right, it's got to choose the parent company, number one. So if Epic Games, for instance, has to choose, you know, whether to improve a game or the musical system they have, right, they have with Bandcamp, which one do you think they're going to choose? All right. I mean, yeah, of course, they're going to choose something to do with the video game. I mean, I mean, I just, I think bad camp is, I'm not saying it's done, but to to think, I mean, like I guess I like the optimism and hopefully, like I guess hopefully what you guys say is right. But I mean, even if you look at their history, when you merge businesses, your labels independently, let's just look at independent labels in general, how Roadrunner, you know, at one point was the biggest, you know, indie label. They merged with a conglomerate. Boom. They haven't been the same since. And, and let's look at even like a, a better example, RCA, right? In the 70s and 80s, RCA. All right. Dominant label back then, they decided to enter the frozen food industry, right? They went missing the consumer entertainment boom years later. They eventually dumped the food business. And not long after that, they had to merge with BMG because they just they basically went kaput. I mean, they screwed themselves by forgetting, I think, who they were and their strengths got lured into another business that they had no experience in. Now I know this is a little different because Bandcam's getting bored out, but it's the same thing. I don't see I, I just don't see because of what we've seen, you know, just in history with these big tech companies, they just don't view music. You know, they're not they're not music fans like all of us are. They they don't get the same I think feel for music that way. I mean, there might be a a, a guy or two, or you know, a, a, a you know lady or two, in the company that that you know feels strongly about music enough where they decide to buy Bandcamp. Where yeah, they may had this idea to take it to some you know whatever kind of level, but. I mean, like I said, I'm just being realistic based off history and what we've seen in the past from other big tech companies. You know, you know, they just don't invest money in improving the platforms as evidenced by Spotify and Apple and the rest of them.
2: Well, one thing about it, uh, Matt, is that I the first I heard of this is through you. And I'd love to get some more information. You know, it'd be nice if they came out and and said some intentions, Mm. some plans. So. Mm really kind of working off nothing.
0: Well, yeah, well, obviously, I mean, well, here's the thing, their intentions and plans. Do you think what they're going to tell you, they're really going to do anyway?
2: Well,
0: at least, at least
2: fucking bullshit us. Biggest thing. I'd rather have that than nothing.
3: Uh, sure. Here, here I'm going to address this directly off what Matt just said. And here's why I think what Matt is thinking is not business-wise what Bandcamp is thinking. Matt's approaching this from a position of a 40-year-old guy. Matt is approaching this from a position of we were raised on records. So records, 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 God damn it. And we need, we need loyalty to our bands and we need records and we need physical product and all this. Today's kid, today's 15, 18, 19, 22 year old. They don't give a shit. And Bandcamp is going to approach this from that angle. They're they're not, yeah. And and that's what Spotify and all these other companies are doing too. They're approaching it from nobody's buying the shit, but they're buying our streams for ten bucks a month. So, here you go, you know. That's that's the approach they're taking. They're the the scene itself has changed. The we are now the dinosaurs. We are now the. You know, we're the T Rex watching the meteor coming in. You know, and that's that's kind of what we're seeing, man. Is that, you know, when you look at like I know it was mentioned here. Somebody said about vinyl. Who's
0: buying the vinyl? Not the twenty year olds. It's the fifty year olds. Mostly, but there are a lot of twenty year olds. You know, and like you were saying, you're right. The kids don't give a shit anymore. But why don't they give a shit? Because there's nothing available for them. That's the ah, point. Nah. Spotify doesn't. You said it yourself they stop by spotify doesn't have anything on their platform neither does apple whatever they don't have the lighter notes they don't have you know uh links to other things they don't have you know the lyrics they don't have all that the artwork no they don't but no, but don't. dude but
3: dude we literally watched the best buys go from half their store to half of a half of an end cap on on cds we watched it happen when there was product no one was buying it that's why they kept getting smaller and smaller they they reduced based on the audience, not not to fuck the audience. Well, yeah, it
0: you to, well, yeah. It, well, a lot of it's I just think it's the experience. You know, if you, I think if you if you provide ways for, for listeners to experience it in a different way, I mean, I think there's still going to be an experience there. There are, I mean, obviously, like I said, a lot of it has to do with. There's so many factors we can you know talk all day about why, sure. you know. But I just think that because there's there, it's not there for anyone to really experience. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, like I said, I mean, unless you go out, like I said, yeah, vinyl. I'm not saying the kid's just gonna one day want to pick a vinyl. But the thing is, a kid, most kids haven't even experienced hearing vinyl. When they do, when they see a big record, like we all did, it might be like, whoa, this is a whole different experience than me just putting a little tune on on my on my iPhone. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, I don't know.
3: Or they might, or they might think, I make seven fifty an hour. I can spend forty dollars on this piece of vinyl, or I could listen to it for nothing on YouTube.
1: See, I think we've been conditioned to think that way too. I think yeah, they I do. Yeah. have conditioned us yeah, right to... Here. This is the problem. <laughs> well, oh, see, So there you go. So I think they've conditioned us on convenience rather than experience. Mm-hmm. So I'm yep. an experienced guy. That's just who I am. I'm a 30-something-year-old uh, experienced kind of guy. And, and I always like buying the product because, for one, they can't ever take it away from me. That's the whole thing. You know, the... the there are labels that won't put their stuff on certain platforms and whatnot because they own that shit, right? Mm-hmm. Eric was a perfect example of this because he was yeah. a part of something like that, yeah. right? Yeah. But I had the records, so yeah, I could put it on have. whatever the fuck I want to put it on. So I don't know. I'm, I'm not conditioned that way. I grew up in a time when I was discovering CDs and, and cassettes almost from my parents who passed them down to me. So I got a lot of it from my parents, Well, I must say
2: that oh sorry, go ahead and finish your thought.
1: No, no, and I and I know not a lot of people's parents do that for their kids. That's
2: another story, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm I'm definitely understanding where Matt's coming from now because I'm seeing that Matt, correct me if I'm wrong, Bandcamp really is the one platform right now that is the most popular to push the physical media. That's kind Mm -hmm. of what I don't go there to stream. If I want to stream, I go to Spotify.
0: Mm -hmm. Exactly.
2: So, if someone's going to come in there and turn it into a competitor for Spotify and completely uh, poo poo the idea of physical media, that would be, you know, kind of like something taken away from the community. So, that's where you're coming coming
0: from? Yeah. Listen, yeah, exactly. Because there is no, and I, you know, Chris obviously is right in terms of, yeah, I mean, we're not going to see, obviously, the same sort of, you know, this type of sales in terms of physical products as we once did, obviously, because we didn't. There was no option for streaming back then. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not saying it's going to ever go back to the way it was. But I really think if you provide like band camps to me is the only place that provides that experience, you know, where if you really want to know about a band and learn about, you can go there. Every time I go to band camp, it's great because I can then, oh, let's see if they got any other records. I can hear some of the older stuff. Oh, you know, let's let's look at there's all reviews from people on there. Let's see what their links are to their other sites and to their social media. I mean, it is the all It to me is I'm not you know it's sort of like the new you know how MySpace used to be. It's sort of like the modern way of my of, of what MySpace used to be. I mean, it you know in terms even better obviously because you could sell all the products through it. Where MySpace I know it was different, but um, yeah, it's just it's just not provide. I mean, you can't expect kids to get into a listening experience if it's not provided for them. It's not there for the taking. Unless, you know, like in Tanner's situation, he was lucky enough to have parents to provide that, but most don't. Kids can't even on their own experience it now and discover it if, if there's not a band camp, you know, around the way it is now, if it gets changed and it gets sort of messed with. And that's my main concern is it's, 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 it's I, there's no doubt in my mind it's going to get messed with. I don't think they, they're just going to sit there and let this, you know, just continue to do what they do without messing around with it. I mean, that's just my, my opinion. Hope I'm wrong. I, I also
1: want to <laughs> add to this too, because I the another thing about Bandcamp that I love is that you can connect directly with the fans because Facebook, you have to pay for that shit. Right? Bandcamp, mm-hmm. I- anybody who follows you, it's like it's like having an email list, but it's like super convenient that I don't have to solicit ourselves to get their said emails and whatnot. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So that's another benefit to Bandcamp that hopefully that will not change. You know what I mean? Hopefully they won't get solicited by this, these gaming companies and, you know, cause I'm sure they have I tons think. of people's in- information, you know?
3: Mm-hmm. You know I, I honestly think the biggest, the biggest fear of the whole band camp thing should be what was said earlier by Eric, which is the censorship thing. Cause I don't know how much you guys follow the gaming world. I only do because I use Odyssey as a, as a, a video platform more than i do youtube but from what i see on odyssey i that's that's very big for the gamers a lot of the gamers use odyssey so i see a lot of the news and a lot of the blogs and stuff and i'll be damned if there aren't five stories a day about cancel culture in the gaming world yeah. just constantly this Twitch streamer was taken down for saying this or that, or
2: what I see this all the time. Well, Cootie pie was the biggest, I mean, he was years ago and that was an example you're talking about. Yeah. I mean,
3: but it's, it's prevalent everywhere right now in the gaming world, people that are Either in, in games or in or in Marvel movies, you know those are the two biggies right now. Is yeah. Gina Carano got to get rid of her because God mm-hmm. forbid she said something we don't believe in, or yeah, yeah. You, you know, or Brie Larson or whatever? I see it constantly on Odyssey, you know, that are people that are reporting on kind of the gaming world. And if Bandcamp's going to fall under that umbrella, you're going to get these same left wing lunatics that -hmm. are going to be like oh my god can you believe that this band is saying this and you know and and if i could see that i could see that happen i don't think band camp's gonna change let's be honest it's it's gonna change you don't put that kind of money in to stay the same Mm -hmm. you put you when whenever you invest billions of dollars you do it with a vision you don't do it just like oh that makes sense to me you know i mean it's just the way it works what their vision is. I don't know. Uh, And I kind of agree with Matt that they're going to want to want to sublet it to their world. In a way it's they're just buying the audience. That's really what they're buying. They're not, they don't give a shit about the bands. They give a shit about the audience. They care. They probably saw some spreadsheet that sees 10 million individual users per day that hit the website. And they're like, well, we can advertise here and there and we could throw in a, a you know, uh, an audio ad in between every three tracks and we can get X number of sales and blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I, from a business standpoint, it makes a lot of sense. I don't know that it makes enough sense though, that bands should start saying, well, fuck, we got to run, you know, because yeah, I, no,
2: I'm no, not
1: no. saying run, I'm just saying not put all your eggs in one basket, beware That's the whole thing. <laughs> It's be cautious about it. And it's Chris, you're only proving my point. Thanks buddy. I appreciate that. You know, <laughs> when it comes to the cancel culture thing, cause that's yeah. a huge concern for me personally. True. Um And I'm wondering too, if the, if they don't agree with the content or, or God well, forbid an, al- an album cover or, or the lyrics or it's, you know, not, it doesn't,
2: uh, you know, like it's no, a. Tanner, you cannot sell a cannibal corpse to Germany cause your account will get shut down. So there's, some Oh, really. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's again They're illegal in Germany. Yeah, it's. Uh,
3: yeah. I, I mean, it, it's it's definitely concerning. But you know, I, I'll say this, and you guys know me. I'm the king of hating cancel culture because I'm the biggest cul- I'm the biggest culprit of it. I everything I say is damn near cancelable. You,
1: you know, know? That's why we love you. <laughs> but no, yeah, but no, it was
2: eBay, by the way, was, I got to clarify that's through eBay. But okay. But yeah, no, I.
3: You have to diversify. I, in my opinion, in today's world, in a technical world, you have to be everywhere and anywhere you can be, so that you can take a hit without losing. And you should be ahead of the game, not behind the game. The fact that you two musicians don't know about SongCast says that you're behind the game.
2: I guess so, man.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, and and that's not to rip on you. That's just saying the game is constantly moving. And yeah, in today's world, in today's world. You got to be as much a tech as you do a musician in order to stay successful and be allowed to be a hundred percent creatively free.
1: Sure. And I think again, not solely relying on one aspect. So now that Bandcamp got bought, now I'm going to look at this new thing. And then once that gets bought, then I'll look at the next thing. Again, it's going to keep going and going and going. So it's not all like, it's going to crash and burn at some point, each of these platforms. So Mm. when... We don't ever know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So. Well, with Band Camp looming in the dark. Sorry, like I said, hopefully I'm be- definitely. I mean <laughs> definitely, we- we've got to be optimistic though. I agree, but I'm just gonna, you know, I'm waiting for lightning I- and thunder to start going <laughs> off in Matt's room there. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Me and the green screen
2: with just constant.
0: Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean with that, I mean, obviously, you know, and, and just moving on a bit, you know, it's it's obviously now more important than ever, obviously, for fans. If if something does happen to Bandcamp, it's important for fans to find a way to support you know independent artists and for artists to connect with their fans. If something does happen to Bandcamp, I mean let's you know fans you know definitely always have expectations you know from bands that they support, but a lot of times I think we forget you know that there are expectations for fans from bands and artists as well. Um, it's a two way street. I mean, live independent music obviously can only exist and sustain itself if both the artists and fans, they, you know, they both obviously support each other. I mean, the pandemic obviously put a wrinkle into this sort of natural agreement. And I'll be honest, like I said, I've, I, you know, I've always said, you know, um, I've been through this whole pandemic, been, you know, wholeheartedly against the mandate. So I've been, I've been to one show in two years, and it's out of principle. But I have recently changed my stance. I'm going to start going to shows and play the game because I have to do my part as a fan to keep this going, or else. You know, and and Eric, I know, mean, we were going, you know, a little back and forth in this, uh, you know, online that one time. I mean, like you were saying, I mean, venues aren't going to be in business if if fans don't support these these bands. You know, these venues are just going to shut down and it'd be impossible to close up, especially a place like here in San Francisco any major city. Um, so, um, yeah, you know, like I said, you know, and that was, you know, a good thing because I did realize, you know, I, I'm being sort of hypocritical. I, I've been out there stating that bands need to kind of go back to sort of a back-to-basics, you know, Focus with their touring efforts on like, you know, maybe focus on four or five geographic locations, how they used to do it back in the day, you know, around in and around their area, you know, or, or you know, within a convenient, you know, three to four hour, you know, uh, span or whatever you call it, distance, uh, maybe play a couple some free shows and benefits, all that stuff to sort of enhance that local community feel. But at the same time, like I said, I've been saying that, but I've also not been doing my part over the last two years to, to support that. And so I've changed my stance. I'm going to start going to shows and play the game, you know, because I think it is important. Um, so, I mean, you know, so Eric, I mean, let's, we'll start with you. I mean, as a tour musician, I mean, talk about what you feel fans really these days need to do in order for like bands like to really to continue to, to keep on doing what you're doing, because this is really a critical time. If something does happen at band camp and if we continue with these, these lockdowns or these, you know, uh, mandates, I mean, there's, we got to find a way to, to make this work. What are, what do you think fans, in your opinion, as it from an artist perspective, should be doing? Well,
2: the music scene's been on life support for about 20 years now, as it is. So, any sort of moral stance that you're taking, um, you're just, that maybe is good for the long run, you kind of look for the right now, um, the present, and you got to keep things clubs open and bands and bands alive so if you starve out the whole entire music scene you're just going to kill it and it won't be able to come back and mm-hmm. and they have lifted a lot of the mandates um you no know, my whole thing the whole time was just faking i mean you can most of it was a lot of a uh, um theater and you you know it's like they said they asked for they were enforcing they weren't really you go to the clubs they say to wear a mask you don't really have to you know it was it was mostly normal, but on the outside, the perspective was this really authoritative lockdown of, of the event. So if you went to the show, it was still it was still cool as long as. What really sucked is when they did when they closed the clubs and you couldn't go to the show at all. Mm-hmm. So um, I think people need to keep that in perspective. Um, go out to the show, support your bands. I say break all the laws you can. You know. <laughs> and and like fake fake going along with it and like take your mask off when you don't have to but that shit's at the moment
0: done that's my advice okay Tanner, what about you
1: well see eric is only proving my point on why I didn't go to shows because now I, I didn't even want to deal with that bullshit didn't even want to mm-hmm. deal with giving my medical information to some fuck nut who works at a club my inf- my medical information is none of their business so as far as that goes, and the, and wearing a mask to, to enjoy a show that's not a, really an enjoyable experience for me, so I was doing promotion, and I was promoting the scene in other ways besides going to shows and matt and and Chris were doing the same thing by interviewing bands and getting their names out there you know that way too. This is one avenue that that helps bands out is, is by doing interviews and whatnot. so as far as touring goes, I would you know obviously w- we'll be back out there sooner rather than later, and people just need to. Know that not, not to be scared about going out to live shows due to mandates, because that was my biggest fear. That's why I didn't go out to a lot of shows, because I didn't want to deal with that bullshit. And so I think have that have it that in mind that, you know, it's 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 almost it's I would say it's over. I would say the whole well, for now. <laughs> yeah. Who knows what what shit they'll, they'll you know, they'll throw at us. And, and see how many people, you know, listen to it. Because that's a scary thought, you know. I think it's all of our, you know, doing why we're in this predicament, especially with the, the music industry and whatnot. Because of playing into that said fear. And I'm, I guess, partly responsible for it too. But I'm also not going to, I don't go to concerts to have an experience like that. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm go, I go for, to get away from that shit. Not to be reminded of it, which is again, sports was the biggest almost offender of it, too. Yeah,
2: sports were terrible. I couldn't even watch it on TV with no one yeah. in the I, yeah. I get you there. <laughs> oh, Val- valid points. I will say it wasn't as bad. Like it was still basically the same, you know. You just had to kind of be a little bit high school about it and just like sneak around.
0: Sure. Well, I mean,
2: convenience, you know. Mm-hmm. But be careful because, man, these clubs are just dying left and right. And before you know it, you won't even have a fucking club in your town. And good luck opening one, by the way. I don't yeah, know how anybody ever does.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, me and Chris have talked to a lot of artists, you know, obviously the last, you know, at least over the last year when they started going out and touring again. And like we both heard from most of them, even from the artists themselves, they're just like, this isn't that much fun. You know, even though we're out there doing it, we're not really having fun. You know what I mean, and so I mean, like you said, I think it's just one of those things. I mean it's it's a tough thing to you know to but the bottom line is I really think that it's you know and I think you're right, Eric, I mean, even if it's maybe not the same experience right now, in the long run if if we like you said if we don't if people don't go out and see shows, I really yeah, these venues are gonna get shut down. and then like you said, who's gonna open new ones? I mean, it, it's just going to really destroy things where live music for independent artists is going to be. I mean, you're going to have and then once things do open up, you're going to have one or two clubs where everybody and their open. mothers can be fighting them. Well, I'm it saying, is it? it's no, it, well, that's yeah, open now. I mean, but like I said, I'm, you know, like I guess I'm the internal pessimist with this shit. So <laughs> I, get I mean, it. I totally get it. Yeah. Yeah. I just I'm just waiting for the next lockdown. But I mean, the like, for instance, example, I, I, I had bought tickets uh, before the pandemic to, to see Sepultura. They finally, you know, coming back around. It's the same thing. Could say, boy you know, uh, two years ago, and they're playing in a couple of weeks, and so I'm, I'm, I'm. So I'm going to go, and there it is. I was expecting. Okay, you need your Vax card thing. Okay, fine, but they're still requiring masks. You know, why the fuck are you still really? requiring masks? We're still requiring masks. Now I think Man. that also could be a bad thing. That's the other thing too. A lot of the bands.
2: Oh, that's the limit. In- are
0: requiring it. it's not even so much a lot of times the, the venues the bands are like no i want people to wear masks oh. you know? <laughs> I, I can tell you for a
3: fact with sepultura that it's the band because yes, i but... skipped they were just here last week mm. and i had a buddy that literally hit me up and said hey dude i'll buy you a ticket i owe you for the you know i had given him tickets to another show and he's like dude you want to go and fucking hang with sepultura and crowbar and i was like yeah hell yeah and then i looked it up online And it said that it was, it was, you know, Vax pass required. And I was like, well, fuck that. But then I called the venue because it's different here in Ohio. They've removed that, you know, from pretty much everywhere. It's like, I can go to the big arena here, which is rocket mortgage field house, which is the big, the big place without a mask. So I called the venue and I said, you know, what's the deal? Is this just the website hasn't been updated? And they said, no, it's, it's on a by band by band basis and the bands are dictating it so I didn't go I didn't go because the band dictated yeah that's
2: to hilarious. play these
3: games and I'm like nah you know yeah. and I agree with you Eric could I have got in I'm in the fucking media I'm positive I could have got in yeah, yeah. the point is do I want to do that do I want to be a 10 year old kid sneaking around mommy to get in and I don't Sepultura mm-hmm. is just not that important to me. You
2: know, I got it. You know, that, that kills the whole buzz for me right now when you say it's actually mandated by the band. That's the most unrockable mm-hmm. thing I've ever heard. So.
1: It is. Yeah.
2: That's sad when that happens, and I think you made the right decision.
1: Can we touch upon this before we get out of here on the Bandcamp thing? Ooh. What is your speculations for Bandcamp Friday now that this whole thing is going oh. is, is now doing its thing?
2: I think they'll still do it as long as it makes some money. It obviously encouraged people to. They took it away. It was supposed to be just a COVID thing. They took it away and they started it up again. So they did that purely, probably out of sales. i assume. Mm, okay.
3: They'll probably keep it as long as it brings audience, because I think I think that's going to be the big change that you're going to see with Bandcamp. Bandcamp is going to become less about making money, sales, and you know, they'll still promote the shit out of that. Well, we made this much money and we gave this much to artists because that makes them look good. So they'll promote that. But as a corporate entity, as they are going to be now, they're going to be looking at how many hits, how many unique visitors, Mm -hmm. how many of those unique visitors trans translated into dollars spent and clicks on the new ads for the new Fortnite. It might become Fortnite Friday. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know Fortnite it, Friday. Bro. It it might be. I mean, you don't know. I mean, yeah. why wouldn't if I was Bandcamp, it would become Fortnite Friday? Why not promote their brand on something that's bringing millions of people to their site every day or every
0: Friday? And you're right. And that would- and that's right.
1: Why- yeah, go ahead, Henry. Sorry, last thing, and that'll be a new thing to Bandcamp is having ads because Bandcamp, every time you go on an artist page, I, I don't really see any ads. I don't mm-hmm. think so. Oh. Well, I, I
3: know this on the top, I, I went to Bandcamp's page while we were while we've been talking, and right up at the top it says we've updated our terms and service. Bingo. So I clicked it to just take a little look and see. And they say this is updated as of March 17th. So what's that, a week ago, mm-hmm. roughly? Yep, and they say everything that's been updated is in bold yellow text. And as you scroll through, there's a lot of big blocks of bold yellow text, and I'm like, oh boy, here it comes. Here there's it a comes. lot of change going here on. It comes to pain. <laughs> so yeah. they're not wasting any time. That's for damn yeah. sure.
2: <laughs> it's yeah. nothing we're not used to. You know, we just gotta roll with it.
0: No. Well, I mean, and you hope, like you said, you hope, like as Chris was talking about, you know, a song, you hope that they didn't, uh, the one good, I guess, positive, if if they do change is there's going to be someone that's going to come in and try to take over that, that market with all the independent artists. I mean, it's not like it's just going to be nothing there anymore. Um, so you hope that maybe someone comes in and even does an even better job than Bandcamp. That's, you, that's right. your hope, you know? Yeah. yeah. yeah and you guys so.
3: just need to be, you guys, not just you two, but bands that are on Bandcamp in general need to look at these terms of service to make sure that you're not saying, well, you're giving up rights to performance rights or mechanicals or whatever for the next 10 years while you're, because you listed on bandcamp, Mm -hmm. you know, which I know they've never done in the past, but again, as they change terms,
2: I guess. Oh my God. I'm I'm straight out of the South park. I'm not going to read one of the updates. I'm just going to hit, I accept. And,
1: and, and we'll another point I want to bring up too is Bandcamp has these live stream events too. So I'm right. wondering how that will change mm. as well. That's you right. know, with, when it comes to the, the new terms and services, maybe we'll, you'll see us bands performing on a live stream and I don't know, in a fucking video game or something on a TV maybe. in your, oh, fucking your court night thing. house.
3: <laughs> Maybe, but, uh, but again, I go back to the original point. Even if they try to, even if they try to monetize all this stuff, there are other platforms for that stuff. Live streaming. You could do any more with two cameras yeah. and, a two cameras, a laptop and YouTube, you know, if you wanted to, or rumble or odyssey or whatever. And, or you could use stage it, which I don't know how many people are aware of, but stage it is good for doing at home live streams. I mean, there, there are avenues. Again, it goes back to what we were saying before to me, Every band should be on every platform they can possibly think of and, and find so that no one entity has enough power to really hurt you. You know, one goes down, the next one pops up. It's like, just, you know, it's whack-a-mole. That's really how you have to, it's, it's digital whack-a-mole these days.
2: Mm -hmm. And that's what everyone does, you know? So when anybody singles one guy out or one platform out as the bad guy, for streaming, like say Spotify doesn't pay right, but it's like you're just looking at Spotify. It's all of these; they all combine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So,
1: and, I, and I think there needs to be more music on uh, Rumble and and Odyssey. So I'm going to throw that out to you, band. Start uploading your shit on those platforms and stop, you know, giving me the excuse of only going on YouTube because it's only on YouTube. Yeah, mm-hmm. I yeah. definitely
3: agree with that. It's we're like with especially with Rumble because Rumble's the biggest one. Rumble, I like Rumble personally and their app works fantastic and their app on TVs works fantastic. And if I want to do listen to political nonsense all day, then Rumble is fucking fantastic. But I don't, I want to, you know, I want to see other shit yeah. I, and, and I'll be on, I use Bitshoot shoot probably the most because there's a bunch of guys that have bootleg uploaded 10 million concerts and 10 million TV shows. And. Videos to everything, and you know, I go out to bitch shoot and I and I watch this stuff there because I I don't want to support YouTube ever. I fucking hate YouTube. They are the goddamn devil, That's and true. I say that as a paying customer to YouTube Music. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I'm as I'm as big a hypocrite as anybody
2: possible because I
3: pay them, but yeah. you know. Yeah, but- Go yeah, ahead. Go ahead. it's a
2: good service, and um it is. That's why yeah. you pay them because yeah. they did establish that platform. And mm-hmm. like you can bitch about their policies all day, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, they do have the content that you want to watch. So it'd be nice to see some of these other alternative channels also get up their, their content as well, not yeah. just with political rants.
1: Right, and Chris. Yeah. Chris, I got to ask you this: Just being a guy that's you know, is so ingrained in alternate platforms such as rumble and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Now that it's on the, st- the stock market, how much has that changed even just rumble and whatnot? Cause everybody was freaking out over that whole thing too.
2: Oh no. Like they sold out.
1: Yeah. Well, like yeah, like, they're, what, they're, yeah. They're,
3: like they went the, public.
1: The only change that
3: I've seen, I mean day to day uploading and, and you guys know what I talk about on the CMS, clearly some heinous bullshit that would get me, I I mean, literally every single week I look at the, I look at, uh, where I'm going to upload even clips and I'm like, okay, I can upload two of my five clips because all the rest are against the TOS for YouTube. So I don't upload to YouTube. A lot of times I upload on the, the YouTube community post. I'm like, this one's too hot for YouTube, but you can get it over here at rumble. And I, you know, and I just post a rumble link over to the other thing. So I, I, I follow along with it rumbles only change was when trump signed up for it somehow or integrated it with truth social which is a goddamn disaster all by itself Mm -hmm. but um when trump brought in brought in using rumble they changed something about what you can say about israel and jews and whatever and it's like okay to me that isn't personally a big upset anyway because i'm not you know. I'm not the guy that's sitting there going them goddamn shoes are stealing my money. You know, I'm not that guy. Mm -hmm. So I don't care, you know, but again, my, my whole attitude toward the platforms is don't pick one. Don't put the biggest mistake that I did is I've got 5,500 videos on YouTube and it's like, it's like, holy shit. Now I could be canceled at any fucking minute i gotta get these things over to bit shoot to rumble to odyssey and i i every single week i pull five to ten old videos over every week it's just a pain in my ass that i gotta People dedicate an area. hour to do it but i'm like i said I, i'm not going to get shut down if youtube when youtube pulls the plug on me and it will happen when mm-hmm. youtube pl- pulls the plug on me it is not going to be a gaping wound it's going to be a let me get a band-aid because i have you know now i have like three thousand videos on BitShoot, and i have a thousand videos on rumble and i have i think a thousand videos on odyssey and i have another 1500 on mines you know i mean i do i spend too much time on this shit, absolutely but i do it so that no one can ever truly take me down sure yeah, good
2: yeah just one at a time that goes back to tanner saying they can just take they can erase everything with a click of a button. Yeah. Erase erase erase, yeah. erase you're gone. Everything you worked on for your whole life, for your whole life's work.
3: Yeah, I mean it it's it's a lesson that I thankful I personally thankfully learned. I kind of saw it coming before it started coming. You know, when when they when they first started tackling the big the big players, I was like they are going to come for us. We say too much heinous shit. And I was like, I'm gonna start moving things now. And people, dude, anybody's listening to the CMS for a while knows I took the beating of my life for three years. For three years, I had fans that were just emailing and calling and messaging constantly of you're just so full of shit. The CMS isn't that big of a player, and blah 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 and you're never gonna be on on target until it started. And yeah. then they started. I started getting, well, this has been flagged. Well, this has been pulled. Well, this has been deleted. Then they started giving me flags for things that I had already deleted. You know, (laughs) I I, get, I get messages for, well, well, we've been unmonetized for a while, but I'm not even talking about monetized. I'm talking about, we would do a live show. I would immediately delete it. As soon as we were done with the live broadcast. And then two days later, I get a, I get an email that says, you've been flagged for hate speech because yeah. of this segment. And I'm like, it's not even on your platform. <laughs> it's not That's there. Crazy. And they were like, well, you can't appeal it because you already deleted it.
2: Sure. <sighs> yeah. I swear a salty cracker gets deleted like uh,
3: all the time. Yeah.
2: Every two <laughs> weeks or so. Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, but, but that, and, and he's another one he's gone and gone to all the different platforms now. Same yeah. as, same, same as Razor fist same as a, a bunch of us that
2: are same as All our guys. Yeah. yeah well, just,
3: the, the guys that have, the guys that <laughs> built their careers on the old school way of doing comedy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: yeah.
3: You know, I mean, that's really what it is, is they don't like nineties style comedy, they want everything to be like, Hey, the sun's not as hot as it used to be, let's tell hey. a joke about global yeah. warming. Yeah. <laughs>
0: exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's ridiculous but all right guys well i guess we can get ready to wrap this up so eric void vader what's going on get phyllis yeah. in and he happens i know you guys i did see you guys are playing that monster ripple fest That yeah, was, that was amazing but go ahead just you know fill us in what's going on with uh void vader okay right now we're writing new songs
2: so that's fun for me anyway sure um We're going to go on tour with Planet of Zeus and Druids in late May. It's mostly West Coast, but we kind of get to some new places like Idaho and Salt Lake City and it ends in Denver. Looking forward to that. What Matt was referring to is the Monster, not Monster Energy drink, but the uh, the Ripple Fest Texas is going to be killer this this summer. Um, In Austin, Texas, it's at the Far Out Lounge, I believe. So those... That'll be a tour to get there and back, and that's what's on our plate.
0: Sweet, very Sweet. good. Tanner Madras, everything's. Fill us in. What's going on? So
1: as far as Madras goes, I'm working on a, a, I guess, a secret project within the camp. I'm going to be releasing a bunch of old stuff, retrospective stuff that I've been wanting to do, and now this is my opportunity to take advantage of that. I have a lot of stuff in the vault that I want out in into the world and documented and preserved. Um, so that, you know, it doesn't get lost in, in transit as it were, but that, so that's happening. Um, currently working on my physical therapy so for obviously, so I can get back on stage and, and rage the fuck out of you guys <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, you know, obviously have some new material, hopefully this or next year, but I would like to get on the road. Again, and possibly, I don't know, maybe do a couple shows with Void Vader if they're interested uh, oh. or, or you know, things like that. Maybe make it to Ohio and finally meet Chris in person and especially Matt in person and take advantage of those two aspects right there. But, yeah, so those are the ultimate goals. So we expect a, a, a fifth Madrasta album either this year or next. Very cool. And then I'm, obviously sure we can ex-
3: I'm, yeah. I'm sure we can expect 33 episodes about it on Pop It's Corner, right?
0: <laughs> you know it. You know it. <laughs> awesome. All right guys, well it's been fun. Uh and you know obviously uh it's always great having you guys on. We'll definitely do it again in the future and thanks again guys, good discussion. Thanks for having us, man.
1: Appreciate thanks. it. See you guys well,
2: later.
0: When it's time to rock, it's time to tune in to Crash Course
3: Radio. Featuring the very best of the heavier music, from Slayer to Clutch to Fear Factory, it's all in one place Crash Course Radio. To tune in to Crash Course Radio, simply visit www.cmsradio.net. You can also tune in on the CMS Network app by opening the app, clicking the musical notes at the top right corner, and selecting Crash Course Radio from our stations. All the best heavy music is there, so you should be too. Ditch the commercial radio and make Crash Course Radio your everyday station.